This, 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 this is mythical. Earbiscus is supported by DoorDash. I'm keeping less alcoholic beverages in my house um, lately. I'm kind of on that swing of the pendulum. Okay. But I will say, there's times when when you wanna crack open an adult beverage. Yes, it happens. Sometimes amongst friends, sometimes alone. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't I, wanna get into the details. I recommend with friends. If you're looking to celebrate with some special drinks, Here's to alcohol deliveries with DoorDash. Whether you're hosting, sending a congratulatory gift, or just staying in to chill with a cold one, DoorDash is an easy call. The alcohol selection on DoorDash is top shelf. With thousands of stores all over the country, you're sure to find what you're looking for and more. They have it all, beer, wine, mixers, and for those that don't drink, mocktails and more can be delivered straight to your door. Save up to 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code Ear. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening, any evening. Terms apply, must be 21 or older to order alcohol, drink responsibly, delivery and promotions available only in select markets. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, the podcast, where two lifelong friends talk about life for a long time. I am Link. And I am Rhett. This week at the Round Table of Dim Lighting, Link is going to be sharing about a milestone, a family milestone. He uh, got started on the family game a little bit earlier than me. So yep, one, beat you to the punch. One year ahead of me, he is pushing, or he has pushed his first bird out of the nest. Um, so not an empty nest yet. Nope. I, you know what? I get to the empty nest before you. Yes, you do. Because I only had two kids. Yeah, you. So I, mean, I get to do the first empty nest episode when that ever happens. If it happens. <laughs> Whenever that happens. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> empty nest is not guaranteed for either one of us. We both got two in the house. And but you knows? just push one. I mean, not really completely out of the nest. You pushed her to college, which is technically not. She no, she no longer lives at your house. Nope, and she's many, many hours away. Uh, and I'm still getting used to it. So yeah, I just, I mean, I'm still gonna be processing this, but I just wanted to share the entire experience with you. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, like you said, it's a milestone event in for our family and for Lily. And as it turns out, it's even, there's been even more to process than I anticipated, and I thought it was gonna be a big deal. So, uh, yeah, I'll walk you through what it felt like, and maybe you'll be a little bit more prepared, but I'm sure things will be different for you, but if if my story can help you in any way, Dad Rhett, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna do that for you. Oh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> I mean, because you, you didn't help me any. I mean, what is there to say? You don't know anything. You've ne it's uncharted territory. It's like when I got married, you were like, man, you're getting married. I can't help you with that yet. Of course, I don't know how much I helped you. Uh, yeah, I was <laughs> about to say, like, yeah, I don't, I don't recall getting any, I don't recall getting any advice from you before I got married. I just demonstrate what not to do. That's a good point. You know, just watch That's and learn. That's a good point, yeah. Just, yeah so yeah. it's just watch and learn. Watch I don't, and unlearn. I have no clue if there's any lessons that I should be giving you, but you can probably glean things that you'll approach differently than me because, uh, but I, if I can help by being a bad example, I'll do that. 
I don't think I did anything wrong. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I'm for you, now I'm intrigued. Now I actually care about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But before we go any further, as of the release date of this episode, it's your birthday. So it, I'm giving you the early birthday so that as people are listening to this, it is the actual birthday, October 11th. Happy 44th birthday, my friend. You know, thank you for that. Uh, we were actually talking uh, with Stevie the other day about the phenomenon that people who do jobs like us have to experience. And that is, of course, every single thing, I mean, as much as many people on the internet want to believe that every morning we get up uh, and record GMM at about you know 1 a.m. Um, and then release it at 3 a.m. <laughs> Paci- yep. or Eastern Standard Time or well, Pacific, whatever it is. Uh, that's not how it works, right? We shoot things ahead of time, as Link said. It's not my birthday, but we experience things or we try to convey the experience of things like holidays and birthdays yeah. Yeah. on the day that it airs. But emotionally, we're never really prepared for that. Like you've, we've also uh, already uh, shot the Good Mythical Morning episode that will air on my birthday. And I think you might have given me, there was a gift of some kind. What but do you like, mean, you don't remember the gift I gave you? Well, because it's a it's a blur, man, because it wasn't yeah. really my birthday. I wasn't emotionally <laughs> prepared to, re- what did you give me? I don't remember either. Yeah, because <laughs> because you didn't give it, it to it me. It wasn't a It re- was given to you yeah. to give to me. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, that, this, this is our lives, right, right. right? We live in such a weird world. It was a book. It was a book about what? I'm not gonna tell you because well, I guess the episode is out now. So yeah, I can't. I can remind you. Yeah, it was a book about, I think how, alphabetically. Oh, oh how I, great I, of a and, person and, you were. And I read the book. It was a book. Yeah. yeah, it was a book that you had specially made for me. I did. Yes. Yes. And uh, and then I read it very loudly. I, I I decided on a comedic angle in the moment. Right. Which I don't regret. Yeah, because otherwise you would have burst into tears. But yeah, so I so this is putting me in a place where I have to process my forty fourth birthday, pre process it. Um, I think that's good. You know, I it is weird, but this phenomenon that you're talking about it really gears us up for things. I mean, if we had to pre record stuff related to like uh, our wedding anniversaries and special occasions on that front. Stuff that like, if you forget it, boy, you're a you're a you're a jerk and you're screwed. Well, this is a great way to not forget that your birthday is actually coming, which can happen when you turn forty. Yeah, that's true. The what w- what are you gonna do um, today? Well, what two things? One of the things that um, has struck me as I've reached my mid forties. I don't know if if this is. Uh, I mean, I guess you're technically getting ready. To, you're you're sort of like getting ready for your mid forties as well. I don't know if mid forty three counts as mid. I think you're technically early 40s. Yes, definitely. Maybe more so than ever before, the thing I've started noticing is finding out how old certain people are or learning that other public figures are my age and thinking, I'm the same age as that person. But that's always been the case. You, I, you just, it's new, it, it's new it celebrities. It feels new to me. Like, are you thinking about a particular? Well, I happened to see Michael Buble on TikTok. Oh. <laughs> and, so you finally found your place on TikTok. And uh, he was he was responding to, I don't know if you saw the. Uh, what a crooner. I don't know if you saw the TikTok going around that had. You, you know I'm the, gonna say no. 
Uh, you, you don't enjoy the TikTok. I enjoy looking at how our TikToks are doing. But you don't, you, you don't, you're not a student of TikTok? I don't, I don't peruse it that often. I find TikTok, just between you and me, I know you're a Reddit man. Uh, I'm a Reddit man. I, I'm a TikTok, I, I TikTok over Reddit. I know it's a completely different thing, but in terms of like the place that it fills in my life, which is right before I go to bed, like a little bit of entertainment. And I'll use this as a teaser, next week, we're gonna go deep into TikTok because of something that we're doing on TikTok and very excited about it. Well, and we can, and we can been, what we can tell about. you is that this Friday on TikTok, uh, on the mythical TikTok, which has become very active, if you haven't noticed, doing a lot of stuff over there. So we're talking about um, the 15th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, October 15th. We're gonna pull an all-nighter, we're gonna write a song, we're gonna do, it's gonna be an interactive series where we write, record, and produce a song with your help. You're not gonna wanna miss it, so go to the mythical TikTok, which is the only place I'm sure to go on TikTok, and I know and that, hang out with us. And I know that many of you are probably just like we are, which is that Friday night, okay. You're resistant to new platforms. For good reason, you should be protective of your time and your attention. Uh, and then you you have this idea about what TikTok is and it's kids dancing and it is a lot of that. Um, but there's some really interesting stuff happening over there, and we're really tr trying some stuff over there. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about all yeah. of that. We're gonna debrief about Just what, go enjoy what, it. what's happening Get on our TikTok over this coming weekend. Um, on the next ear biscuit, but, so so yeah, you can save the rest but of that. Ba but back to what I was Buble. saying. Uh, I don't know if you saw again. You didn't see apparently. There's a famous TikTok of a guy singing multiple harmony parts. I can be brown. I can be blue. I can be violet too. I can be and there's like six parts. Okay, and it's very satisfying. I mean, I know you hate acapella, acapella. music, but uh, it's very satisfying for harmony lovers, which yeah. I consider myself. And I am that. That's that's the strange. That's the strange nexus of love and hate. Well, it's very impressive, me. and by the end, the guy is singing really, really high, like a lot higher than I can sing. Well, this has been parodied and redone. Well, Ryan Reynolds, I guess, recently joined TikTok, and he did it, and he was singing it, and then. <laughs> the way it stacks up is just like, it says what the part's gonna be and then like the third part comes in and Will Ferrell comes into the shot and it just says Will Ferrell and he sings the next two parts and it's funny and it's got. Cause they're on set together for Tens of millions of views, you know, of course it does. Traditional celebrities decided to do TikTok and it's like everybody jizzes in their pants. <laughs> we, ain't, we ain't mad about it. Um, so, uh, so Michael Buble, has a TikTok as well, and he made what's in his pants. He made a TikTok where he was responding to the fact that now we know that Ryan Reynolds can also sing, and he was just like being very sad about it because he was like, <laughs> "Singing's my thing, man." <laughs> okay, you can act, you've got perfect abs, and now you we, we find out you can sing as well. So I was like, okay, I think he's got a alcohol brand. He's got a great sense of humor. Reynolds really or Buble? Reynolds. <laughs> So Buble, the crooner that he is, uh, he he made the he. I actually I don't know if I finished the TikTok. I got the joke and I was like, okay, I get it, Buble. 
I'm not necessarily a Buble fan, but I was like, oh, he's got a few TikToks, and I saw the first one, so I don't know how long ago this was, but it was basically him turning 46, and it was like, he had two cupcakes, one with the four and one with the six, and the six comes in and he pushes it out, or the four comes in, he wants to just be six, but no, he's 46. You had to be there, you had to watch it. Um, And I was like, man, well, I'm not as old as Michael Buble, but I basically am, like we would be, contemporaries, like we would have been at high, we were in high school at the same time. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, I didn't have any point of reference for how old Boo Blay was, but just because he's like this crooner who's like doing this throwback thing, I would, if you'd have just randomly asked me, how old is Boo Blay? I would be like, 55, <laughs> you know what? Like I haven't, I haven't seen him, I don't, I don't look, I don't know how old his face looks, he doesn't look 55, it's just in my mind, Boo Blay is 55. <laughs> at least he's not younger than you. I mean, that would be the yeah. There, but there the are crisis. there are plenty of people who are younger. Like I'm pretty sure Reynolds is younger. <laughs> yeah, Will right. Ferrell's not. You're right, Rep. Plenty of people are younger <laughs> than you. I'm one of them. Um, that's one thing. The second thing is I'm I'm getting myself a birthday present. That's you know that's the best thing to do. Even though my wife said I already got you a birthday present. Well, but and, you can uh, still get your own. You don't know what that is yet. Oh, you know what, Kiko, just let me know. Ryan Reynolds is 44. <laughs> so, we're, oh. so we're the same age. That's good too then. Yeah. He, again, he's not younger than you. So there we it's go. It's funny how he got back to Ryan Reynolds and that, that bastard's 44. Like, I mean, he, he does everything. He's He's got abs, he can sing, he can act, he's got an alcohol brand and he happens to just be the same age as me. How many kids does he have? Uh, I mean, is there something we can I, have on I this mean, guy? I think I think maybe he doesn't. I know he doesn't have any, maybe. I don't know. Um, I don't wanna know who Kiko he's Kiko will find that out in a second. So what are you getting yourself for your birthday? Well, uh. Better he, not be a motorcycle. Oh, he's got three kids. He's got three? <laughs> well, how old are they? <laughs> I mean, there's gotta be something. Kiko's Googling so many things right how now. How old are, I mean, are his kids younger than us? Is he like, I think he's in the throes of toddlerdom or something. Yeah, but surely he's, he he's miserable. Have, he doesn't have a kid leaving for he's college miserable. at this point. Uh, so we'll find that out. What I'm getting myself uh, is a guitar. Now uh, you may a think, double neck. Now, yeah, of course, a guitar actually. <laughs> you uh, a guitar. One, four, and six. So he okay. Yeah, ha! yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, we got Reynolds. Yeah. Your life sucks right oh, now. Oh man. <laughs> you have a one year old. You have a demon yeah. child. Yep. Um, Sorry, man. We got it. We got yeah, you. We're better than you, man. So anyway, um, and I'm younger than you. <laughs> well, I think I am technically a little bit too. He was born in '76, but. Um, I recently, you know, one of the things that's happened as I've gotten older is I'm learning to get in touch with what I actually like and what I realized recently, even though I have three, sorry, I do have three Taylor guitars. It's kind of a long story. I bought one for myself a while back that was a little bit nicer. We got a, a less nice one for tour just in case it broke and then it screwed up one night so they bought a second one. So I ended up with these, I got three guitars. Okay, but they're all kind of the same. They're, well, yeah, they're all the same, and none of them are like really high-level Taylor guitars. But I had this thing in my mind, and a Taylor guitar sounds great, and I remember there was this thing that like, in my mind, it was sort of like a contemporary Christian music thing when we were in college, like all the guys were like playing like Taylor guitars, and it, it, had, it, it has this like a, a lot of high end to it or something, and it was just like, it was kind of like the Shane and Shane thing that was happening, like the super fast strumming that was uh, happening okay. back in the day. And so I thought, oh, I like Taylor guitars too. But then I started realizing that all the music that I enjoy, people don't play Taylor guitars. They're playing Martins and Gibsons. They're playing these sort of like older school sort of 
more warmer, more body kind of guitars, and I was like, hmm. I, I, I feel like I need to finally just admit what I actually like in it a guitar. It sounds like this is another aspect of your spiritual deconstruction. It is part, it is, <laughs> yeah. I don't wanna say Taylor is the Christian guitar, <laughs> because <laughs> uh, I don't I don't want to put that on them, and I don't think that that's <laughs> true. Um, but yeah, so I'm uh, I'm actually looking into You're getting a Martin. Well, I don't know. I'm gonna go to a couple of guitar shops and play some stuff to get. Oh. Yeah, but you know, one of the things that's happening guitar technology over over time is that Martin and Gibson and a couple other companies are doing this artificial aging, and I'm not talking for cosmetic purposes, but they're basically taking a guitar and making it out of the same materials as a guitar from like the 30s or 40s, and then they're doing a thermal aging, which I guess is a fancy word for baking the wood so that the guitar Essentially, kind of like distressing the, jeans takes on the physical characteristics of an old guitar, not for cosmetic purposes, for auditory audio, purposes. yeah, auditory purposes, so that you get the tone that you would have to sit around and wait seventy years for. So, I'm I mean, you, you could just go that. for a seventy-year-old guitar. Do you think about that? There are a lot more like, expensive, like splur. But I mean, listen, the the the. The artificially aged is already a splurge based on what I've looked at. Like how much? I mean, you're not bragging. We're just talking. We're just being honest. I I, I mean, I think I saw one for like five thousand dollars. I don't know if I'm going to go that big for a guitar, but this for, but this is the this is my guitar for like this is it for this my is birthday. The guitar that I'm going to die with. I bought. You got to put it. You got to give me an extra big coffin because you're going to bury me with it. And you know what? As as frugal as I am, I bought a bike. An, an upgraded mountain bike, full suspension. And you know, I dropped six grand on that thing. Of course, my birthday's in June and I bought it a month ago because it took me that long to work up the gumption and then to actually find one in stock. But like, that was a big splurge. But it you was. know what, I was on it this morning. Might have been the biggest splurge you've ever done. Loving it. Uh, and when I you- think my car was. And when you asked me, not to brag about my ability to guess things, but when you asked yeah, me you, out you, of the you, blue, you how much it. do you think I paid for this? I was within one cent in yeah, my guess because it was a very round price. What well, I mean, like five nine ninety five or something. Yeah, know, but that I mean, just grand. to pull a guess hey, for was, a mountain bike out of the air. I mean, I've seen mountain bikes in stores, and they're really. What good do you want ones me to are, do? You buy you a tailor? I yeah yeah. Sing you a praise song. So you know what? I should spend the exact same amount. Uh, on my guitar yeah, as you, you spend on your yeah, bike. Yeah, you should. And then, well, we can trade. I'll ride your bike sometimes, you can play my guitar sometimes. For a guitar that expensive, a strap might round it up to six grand. Yeah, One I of those the strap is straps. probably included, Oh, in case probably included at that point. When price. you get real expensive, things aren't included. Like, the freaking pedals weren't included on my bike. Ooh. I paid $6,000 for a bike. It First of all, that's crazy. But if you want a full suspension bike, I'm being defensive here, that this is like not even a high end full but this suspension is, this bike. This is something that you're doing and all the time. And I had a hardtail for years and I earned it, okay? You, this, is an, this is an investment in your personal health and your, and your hobby. I don't and, need to justify yeah, it to anybody. It but I do need pedals, which I had to buy separately. And I was like, you're gonna put these on for me, at least. Who's, who are you talking to, me? I'm not doing it. <laughs> the dude at the shop <laughs> oh, okay. who put them on. <laughs> I wouldn't know how to do that. You wouldn't. You shouldn't trust me. I try to put together my bike that I got for Shepard, uh, that I got online for two two hundred and ninety nine dollars, and um, I was putting it together and broke it, 
and had to take it to a bike shop and they were like, oh, another one of these guys. Bring in, yeah. in a bike Don't that build he- build your own guitar. That he wants me to put together and you know what the bike shops do around here when you do that? They make you wait like two months. They punish you because you didn't buy it from them. Right. You know what, I got a lot I wanna share about sending my daughter off to college. You should do that. Let's get into it. Ear Biscuits is supported by AC Pro. It's blazing hot outside. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows out hot air. The issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with an AC Pro. Um, leading up to Lily moving away to college, it, I mean, it was really something that was on my mind. I didn't realize how much it had been built up in my mind, but I did have the wherewithal in about a month before she left, I took a day and I, and I, I kind of carved out a day for me to have like a, a retreat day. You know, when I'm like doing my own reflection and I, I can lock out the outside world and I can just take some time to think and just me time, you know? It's more like the isolation trips that we've taken over the years. Sometimes you just need, sometimes it's taking a hike for an hour or, or two or going on a bike ride. Um, but I devoted more time to, to uh, for myself and a big portion of it was kind of thinking about and anticipating what this process was gonna be like. And uh, I was at the creative house. At one point, uh, Mike stopped by and I was talking to him about how I was processing everything and um, I was talking to him about it and then I just realized, I just said, sometimes you realize you're, you're at a point where you can, you feel emotion welling up inside of you and you can make a choice to either like, oh, my, my throat's getting tight and I'm feeling kind of tingly, I'm, I think I might cry. And it was, you know, I'd kind of built up to, to that in my own process and my journaling that I'd been doing on my own. And, but then I was sharing it with him and I could tell that that was happening. And I just made a decision. I was like, you know what? He's a trusted friend, he's here for me. If you were there, if you'd have stopped by, at the t I would have done the same thing with you. Um, and I just started crying. And, and, the, and I just said, the thing that like put me over the edge was, you know, I'm gonna miss her so much. And like, I'm getting emotional now just because I still do, but I knew that it was gonna be difficult, but it was nice to have this moment where I could just spend a few minutes and just bawl like a baby. Hmm. And it, you know, Mike's a good guy for that because he's, so, he, he's such a good listener and uh, uh, he welcomes kinda sitting with you in that space. And he carries a handkerchief which he uses to wipe your face. No, he didn't have he didn't he didn't have a hanky. But it was just saying it out loud, I am going to miss her so much was 
cathartic and also scary because it was still many weeks away. And the thing that I realized was that it was much more built up than I had even thought. And I likened it to like when when Christy and I were engaged and then we got married, she was talking about how much of her thoughts and expectations from a young age were geared towards getting married. That was just something that she, um, I guess fantasized about. She visualized her wedding day. And I actually realized that I kinda did the same thing with Lily leaving home and assuming she would go off to college from a young age, just kinda having this image in my mind. And it 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 is a, it's a cultural trope, right? We watched that, um, that animated movie that was eerily similar to what we were going through, the whatever the- Mitchells versus the, the Mitchells machines. versus the machines and that's what the story's about and we watched that as a family. I might have talked about it on Ear Biscuits. I know I told you about it. Um, so the idea of sending, I, I guess especially your firstborn off to college is something that's like, it's really built up and I, re- I realized that definitely for me with her and the nature of our relationship made that so. Because I was at the creative house, you know, I hung a bunch of pictures up in there uh, just to start to put some finishing touches. We put finishing touches on the creative house. Uh, Christy and Jesse both worked on stuff over there, introducing more plants and everything into the situation because of what we're gonna film. And um, one of the pictures that I put up was a picture of my mom. You've seen it. Mm-hmm. And I got that picture. The one picture. that you found when you, you, I think you talked about this on Yeah, because sure. I decided I didn't, I didn't get a memento and I went back in my nanny's house to get something from the house before it was like stripped clean. And I took this picture of my mom that I remember always seeing and, and I hung it up in my office with some other pictures in a group. I also hung up the picture the piece of art that was behind me when we did the split screen episodes of Good Mythical Morning during the pandemic. So I'm trying to, and I, and there's, and I purchased a picture that is a replica of the one that was hanging over the mantelpiece at my Nana and Papa's house when I was growing up. So like these things that connect to me, I wanted to put those up. But on this particular day when I was alone processing how I was feeling and looking at that picture of my mom, I realized that that picture of her was when she uh, was engaged to my, got engaged to my dad. They took an engagement photo and put it in the paper and like did the wedding announcement thing. Like her parents did that. And that was the moment when my mom was leaving home for the first time, getting married and getting on with her life separate from her parents. Mm-hmm. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks that like, Looking at that version of my mom in the picture is the place that Lily's at in life. The, the ages may be a few years difference, but the, but the stage of life of leaving home mm-hmm. is the same and it just, and I couldn't help but feel that when I went back into the house to grab something and that was the picture I was drawn to, maybe I'm attaching meaning to it in retrospect or maybe subconsciously something was going on, but I definitely made this connection that my mom, it, it Lily is now going is now that age and going through this 
crossing over into this next phase of her life. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just a moving way for me to process and also realize that she has, Lily has her own experience going in this whole process and then I have my own experience. I started thinking about my mom now and my mom when I went off to college um, and letting go of her only son. And uh, I just, I realized that I had, well that Christy and I had our own experience to, to go through, our own journey in this process that was separate from Lily's. And it wasn't, we wanna support her and celebrate this, her her crossing over, so to speak. But I also wanted to. You might want to use a different. Crossing over sounds yeah, like yeah, yeah. she's dying. Right. Moving moving on. That's moving not good. That's not moving, good. moving um, forward. Getting uh, on with her life. Yeah. Let's so. just, whatever the most positive way to think about it. And that it has been part of the struggle. But identifying that I have my own experience in this that is separate from hers and that is much more closely related to Christy's experience. And I just wanted to be committed to being there for it as much as I could, being as present as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I've got notes because I've been writing some stuff down that as I've been going through this, it's like, what what does this mean to me? Um, and how that's, it's not just a Lily thing, it's also, there's a me version of this, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. As the weeks continued and it got closer and closer to her leaving, we started to have more conversations about what it was gonna be like. And Lily didn't wanna talk about it too much. Like, and I could tell it was because she was anxious. So actually having specific conversations, what, how do you visualize that the move-in day? How do you visualize how we're gonna drop you off? And it was actually helpful because she started saying things um, well, one of the things she said was she admitted that she was concerned about me being recognized. Mm, when, it, when she moves in. Yeah, and Christy, she mentioned it to Christy first and Christy mentioned it to me so I like was able to have more of a reaction with Christy and then figure out how I was going to position myself in conversations with Lily. And what disguise you were gonna wear. And what disguise I was gonna wear, exactly. So. <laughs> Because uh, it did kind of come to that. We, I, I was like, I want to do whatever it takes to support Lily and whatever makes her most comfortable. And I do understand that she's going off, she's gonna meet a roommate, she's gonna meet people during move-in, and if that first impression is associated, if now she's associated with this guy who's famous on the internet, Oh my God! I watched your dad growing up. I mean, not Ryan Reynolds. Or not Ryan, anything no. close to Ryan Reynolds. No, not like, anywhere close. But just kind of like a except in age, yeah, and yeah. number of kids, right? Um, but not really in. Any I mean, other Ryan way. Reynolds. I mean, he just, he just couldn't help he, his daughter move in. Like he, he couldn't do that. Couldn't help her move I mean, in. it would become Ryan Ryan Reynolds Day at that particular college. Yeah, that didn't happen with you. So I wore a Deadpool costume, complete <laughs> face mask, everything. Ear Biscuits is supported by Live Nation. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant. Why not? Janet Jackson? 
Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. So when I talked to Lily, I was like, mom told me about your concern and I totally get it. And I don't want you, let's, let's just have this conversation because I'm on board for this. I'm actually on board. If I need to just sit in the car or like be back at the Airbnb and just be on FaceTime or something, I'm, I'm willing to do whatever will make you comfortable. But I was really scared because I really wanted to be there. And so when I brought it up to her, I, I told her that and she said, oh no, you have to be there. And it was like, oh, that feels, I'm so glad she said that, but I didn't say that. I was like, okay, cool, but what, let's, then let's talk about the details of this. I can wear a disguise. And she's like, well, wear a hat and don't wear that mythical hat, Dad. It's like, sometimes you think you're wearing a hat, people don't recognize you, and it's a mythical hat. Yeah, not, not real smart, but and I'm like, good and point I, for her. I can also, I'll be wearing a mask the whole time, and because that's gonna be the rule, and I can also wear sunglasses the whole time, but when we're going inside, you know what, I'll wear contacts. And I won't, I won't talk You mean a lot. you'll wear contacts and not wear glasses? I'll wear contacts so if I take my sunglasses off, oh. I can see, yeah, I'm not wearing my glasses, so it's one less thing that, because people have still recognized me with a hat and a mask on. So again, I wanted to do everything. So um, that was the plan, and I felt good about it because I could still be there. So you're gonna be dressed like the Invisible Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I stole your idea of making a cameo. So Christy and I, and Christy spearheaded this. She, before we left, we had we had dinner with some some people that were close to Lily, and then we surprised her with this with a cameo montage of her favorite Survivor mm -hmm. players over the years. Uh, sending her off, like giving her well wishes and advice for college. Some of them would talk for like 15 or 20 minutes. Yeah. And she absolutely loved that. That was the night before we were leaving. And it could have been heavy. And it, I mean, it's just a brilliant thing. It costs, it costs some money to get these cameos. But even if you, like, so a piece of advice, even if it's just one, it's totally worth it because she was, she was on cloud nine the rest of the night when otherwise it would be like, this is my last night in my bed. This is before I go off to college. I'm saying goodbye to my cat. I'm, you know, it's, it, would, it, it, it was emotional and it really helped. And I added a couple of hobbits there at the end. You got Billy Boyd was in it. And then, um, why am I forgetting his name? Samwise Gamgee from uh, also in Stranger Things and, uh, yeah. Goonies? Uh, what's his name? Stand By Me? No. Oh. Sean Astin. Sean Astin, Sean Astin, there we go. And, and um, you know, you can tell him what, you can give him information. Like you gave you gave all your cameo people information about Jesse, some of it was false. Most of it. And so Christy gave like true information about where she's going to school and studying and all that stuff. So it was cool to have people talking about it. But then for Sean, I said, I want you to make a cameo for Sokka the Cat because his owner, Lily, my daughter, is leaving to go to college and Sokka can't go, um, at, at least until her sophomore year when, if she moves off campus. Mm -hmm. So you need to tell him, hey, she still loves you, 
She's not gonna be here that often, but she'll still think about you and she'll FaceTime with you. And there's limited characters, so I tried to get all that in there. And then he never sent one and he never sent one and I was like, this is just stupid. And then um, I made the cameo clip and he wasn't in it. And then uh, Lily was so excited when she was going to bed, she was like, give me the login to cameo. And so I can look, I can watch these again in my, in my bed. Mm -hmm. And then when, when I gave her the login, she was like, there's another one here from Sean Astin. And I'm like, yes, he did it, let's play it. And then we played that one and like, he got the assignment totally wrong. <laughs> but he's like the sweetest guy. Like, he's like freaking Samwise Gamgee in real so life. So what, how did he interpret it? And then he would just like was talking about college and I think at one point he thought that Lily was Sokka, but then I could tell in the middle of his, and he went for like over 15 minutes very generous. I could tell that he glanced down at his information and he was like, uh, I got this all wrong. <laughs> and then he's like, he took a breath and then he started talking to Sokka and he did it and oh, it was great. it was that's great. amazing. And it just, that, I mean, I gotta give you credit. That was a brilliant move and it really worked for, for her. Well, I didn't invent Cameo, as much as I would like to, uh, <laughs> to take credit for that. So we all go as a family um, and we're, you know, it's a long drive. I'm intentionally not talking about where Lily's going to college because I don't want to, you know? Um, and I don't want there to be any speculation about it either. But many hours away, uh, long drive, we're driving at night because we had stuff to shoot during the day and then we all hop in the car. I had packed the night before. And um, so, the plan was we get there that night at the Airbnb, the next day we move her in, but then we're gonna stay at the Airbnb that night. We'll get up the next, she'll stay in her dorm, get to know her roommates, plural, I'll get to that. And then the next day we can get her any supplies she needs, we can have dinner, we can say goodbye that night. We'll still stay at the Airbnb after we've said good goodbye to Lily. We'll get up the next morning, we'll drive back home. So. That's what we did, that was the plan. We get there the first night, everybody's exhausted, they go to bed at the Airbnb, but I had been super caffeinated to like for the long drive. And so I instituted what became a nightly ritual, which I would go for a walk around, it wasn't the college town, but it was like an adjacent town over where we could get an Airbnb. So it was, it, there was, it was 1 a.m. and I'm walking around. And again, it's another time when I'm just, making a decision to process my emotions and my thoughts and memorialize this event um, for myself and be present for it. And I'm walking around this uh, associated town to a college town, but not the college town at 1 a.m. and there is nobody there. It was the strangest walk I've ever taken in my life. <laughs> there was nobody, no signs of life anywhere, but there were a good number of Airbnbs around but it's just, I guess it's just not, not people in them, businesses closed, outdoor seating for like some restaurants that weren't put away, nobody. I saw, a, I saw a, a police officer drive by and that was it. No homeless people. I mean, I, we're used to seeing homeless, you walk around, home, you know, people who are experiencing homelessness is what you're supposed to call them and there's, they're outside, none of that. So it's just like strange. I started taking pictures of nothing. It was like a it was like an abandoned amusement park. It was weird. 
without any rights. And then I'm like, damn, there's a statue of a skunk. That's weird. And then I'm like, God! It, That's it was an like, actual skunk. It was frozen and it was like totally stretched up. A statue of a skunk. And it was, I mean, it wasn't moving at all and its mouth was open like it had been taxidermied. And then I realized, oh my freak, that's a skunk, a live skunk. And I like backed away. I was just, I mean, I was as far from me from that camera as this skunk and his tail was up, but it wasn't facing me yet. And then it, I've, I've actually never uh, walked up on a skunk. I just walked up on a skunk literally two nights ago. We were at our friend's house together and when we were <laughs> yeah, leaving. you texted us afterwards. And, and he was like, there's a lot of skunks in our neighborhood in Los Angeles and I was like, okay. He's like, you might just watch them as you're walking to your car. I was like, this is a he weird. He said it was a thoroughfare. This is a weird piece of advice. Was it frozen when you saw it? It was, yeah, I did not for a moment think that it was a statue or a lawn ornament, but yeah, it was, and it was. Your loss. Arched back, tail up, facing away from me as I walked yeah. past it, like ready to squirt. Is that the correct, uh, correct uh, no. spray? Spray. <laughs> ready to spray. And uh, so I backed away and just kept walking. I was like, he was right, man. There's skunks he, all over this he place. He walked away and um, then I finished my walk. I didn't get too emotional that night because uh, I was like, oh, t t tomorrow's th the big day. Um, we move her in the, the next afternoon. So we had some quality time together, eating late breakfast. There's a whole rigmarole to move her in, especially with COVID protocols and like stretching people out. So you're just, you had assigned times and there wasn't a swarm of people because they had taken care to isolate. Now, Lily was a, um, had met a potential roommate online and they requested they hit it off so they requested a room together even though she was thinking about requesting a room alone, a single person room because she's an introvert. Well, when when her and her roommate got the assignment, they were together, but there were also four other people in the room. I'm not talking about a suite. I'm talking about one room, one space with with loft beds and bunk beds all over it, it's like six, six, women in a room together. I was like, talk about polar opposite of what you wanted or thought you needed. That's intense, man. And I was like, and she had emailed and said, put me on a wait list for a smaller room. None of that came through. So we knew we were moving in or into a room with all these other people and some of them had moved in. Um, and so when we, when we moved her stuff in, I'm in my getup, mask, sunglasses, contact lenses, hat. Non-mythical hat. Now, mythical hat. We've we put all our stuff in a cart and we take it up to the room. We're looking at the room for You're the first time. You're walking a little bit different. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not nearly as cool. No, yeah, less, no link strut. Less, less cool. We get into this room and there are other her roommates. Uh, a handful of them had already moved in, and it was quiet. Like there was no music playing. Nobody was talking. And then, and I made up my mind. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna talk because people would recognize my voice. And this is something we talked about. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna keep quiet is what I said. Well, I didn't anticipate that me keeping quiet would, would like really set the tone that when this family comes in to move Lily in, they're really quiet. Like, 
like Lando didn't talk, Lincoln didn't talk, then Christy was like whispering to Lily, and then all of a sudden I realized, this is the strangest. It's like you guys are moving into a museum. It, w- it felt so weird, because they, because the girls who were already in there weren't talking, and because there was, and I felt like there was this awkwardness of like, all right, another roommate's moving in, we're gonna need to meet her, but her parents are here, her two younger brothers are here. It's a little strange, but then it basically became like silence, and that was really strange, because I didn't wanna be like, because what I would have done normally was like, hey, it's kinda quiet in here, you wanna play some music, or you, you know, everyone can speak freely, and I would have embarrassed Lily. So it's actually good that I was, I, I kept, kept my vow of silence, but it like permeated in a very weird way that I'll never forget. Her movement was just that's weird, yeah. Silent. It feels like it the other weird. other I mean this it's is like the we challenge. were sneaking around, like we weren't supposed to be there. The challenge of that many people in a room, you feel like oh, I'm gonna leave for a while while this other person moves in, but you can't really make a policy where you leave the room every time things get shaken up a little bit because right. you you'll never be in there. Right. Ear Biscuits is supported by the Farmer's Dog. Dogs will eat basically anything you put in front of them. And if you're Barbara, you will like <laughs> seek it out off of tables, counters. That that woman is crazy. <laughs> uh, that woman being my dog. Uh, so it's important to be putting the right kind of food in their bowls. Right, and when you care about your dogs as much as we care about ours, you know, a thoughtful approach to what goes in those bowls makes sense. Yes, the farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. Just tell them about your dog and they'll deliver personalized vet developed recipes for as little as $2 a day. The meals arrive pre-portioned and in ready to serve packs delivered on your schedule. Millions of meals have been ordered across the country. We've been partnering with the Farmer's Dog for a few years now and they really are as good as they say. It really has never been easier to invest in your dog's health with fresh food. Get 50% off your first box of fresh healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash ear. Uh, mm. So we got we got in and out of there, and then it wasn't the big goodbye. It was like, hey, stay the night. We'll pick you up tomorrow. We'll go grocery shopping and stuff. We'll see you again. So it was cool, and it, it kind of we had the luxury with a couple of nights to let her ease into it, you know. So um, we left, and we went back to the Airbnb. And that night, I went on. Um, uh, Another walk. Well, I'd actually before we moved in, we had we had written her letters. So like the first morning we got up, Christy and I each wrote her a letter, and then we actually got the boys to write her a letter too. And then when in her journal and stuff where she was when she was moving in, we kind of put it in a strategic place where she would find it, you know. Um, but then that night after moving her in and her not being at the Airbnb with us, I took another walk that night and. Uh, that was, it was a little bit more emotional. I found myself starting to have like dramatic thoughts like from now on, every time Lily comes home from college, it's gonna feel different. Like she's no longer gonna be, she's gonna come home as like a visitor <laughs> versus someone who lives here. You can only hope. It's gonna think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I found myself thinking, okay, this is a definitive end of an era but the truth is, hey, you never know what could happen. I mean, pandemic's an example, but there's so many things that could happen. It's like, oh, you know what? 
you're all gonna move back home for a little bit at some point, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, but I tend to like, because I wanna be so present, I acknowledge that I tend to like really dramatize things, um, maybe more than is necessary. <laughs> but I think, hey, if that makes it more fun, but also more emotional and more meaningful, I just wanna be here for it. And some of it, maybe I'm conjuring, you know? That's just my approach to these these things. We get up the next day. This was like the dreaded day that led up to the actual goodbye. And um, you know, so the grocery shopping, we went out to dinner. I resisted the urge to turn dinner into like one more big speech moment. Every let's go around and everyone tell Lily something special about her. Let's give her some encouragement about how she's gonna be at college. Like I didn't, you know. She would she wouldn't have loved that. So like we kept it just kind of like oh it felt like a normal dinner. We're doing good. We get we get back we get back in the car and then Lando just he gets emotional and then he's like crying for like all the way there. Like he just cried a lot and it was like poor buddy. He's just so sad and it's like that was his moment. And then we're like standing out in the parking lot and I picked a place where there wasn't tra- like foot traffic where we could have our moment and it was like, okay, everybody's got to say their goodbye and you know what, I'm gonna position myself to be last. I wanna be last. Didn't tell anybody that but like, Lando was crying so he went first. She's like consoling him and Lincoln and Lily had their inside jokes and saying goodbye and like Christy's like, embracing her and whispering in her ear and then like, then it's my turn and I like embrace her and like she's crying and I'm crying and I'm like saying like, you got this, we're so excited for you and then she's like, mom already said the exact same things. <laughs> like yeah, we're That's a team. That's the problem with going last, man. We're a team. You gotta bring something new to the table. And then. Uh, Did you see other groups of parents? Like, No. Was there. I, early, earlier, like the day before, and it, we saw a couple of tearful goodbyes. So yes, we had seen it happen. And that's why I was like, I need to pick a better place in this parking lot where people won't be seeing us because I just don't want that to be a factor. So it was It was nice. It was beautiful. It was. Um, it was happy and sad at the same time. Christy and I have been talking about that Casey Musgrave song a lot and how it really applies that like, at every moment of feeling deeply sad, there's a there's a companion thought of this is something to celebrate and this is a new beginning for her and this is, uh, this is ex- an exciting opportunity. You know, there's a lot of things to celebrate, right? So it's both at the same time. I, I end my embrace and then she walks away and I'm like pulling out my camera and taking a picture of her walking away and I'm like this is the moment that you th- that I've thought about ever since Lily was born is just seeing her walk away and now every time she walks back she's it's a different arrangement she no longer is under my roof she's no longer uh well, I still feel like she's my responsibility, but the terms of our relationship have shifted. The environment is totally different, you know? She's she's crossed over <laughs> into into new life. 
And I go back and I'm like, man, I really need my walk tonight. And uh, I walk back, I, I take my walk, didn't see the skunk, and I just found a place to sit down. And that that's when like, I just had this like, shoulder jumping, like body heaving, just crying, just like letting just letting it all out. And it just, it felt good to be able to do it. I feel like I go through so much of my life knowing that there's something in there that I know it hurts, but it just, it's, it's hard to let it out. It's hard to mm-hmm. like, not to stop it at the throat and, uh, so I'm like, all right, this is this is part of it. I can't remember the specific things I was thinking, but I need to remember because if I ever have to be an actor and cry again, I, I, this is the moment Uh-oh. I should go to. That's trouble. <laughs> but like, I think there there were some people around because this was much earlier. It wasn't one a.m. It wasn't a ghost town, and like you're just seeing some dude just like. <laughs> just like body shaking crying. The walker, the walker is out again. And then I'm walking and it was good, you know? And it, again, that was for me. It's like, I sure I cried on Lily's shoulder when she was crying on my shoulder, but it wasn't to the point, I didn't. I wasn't gonna be a wreck in front of her because that's not a great way to send her off. I didn't want her to, I didn't wanna add one, one shred of doubt that like I'm not gonna be able to handle it, right. you know? But if she would have seen me at that moment, it'd been like, "Oh God, do you need to go to the emergency room?" And so I, I even I surprised myself, uh, and it it did feel like an achievement. Of, oh God, I got it out. And I'm walking back feeling lighter, and I took a different route. I knew there was this path like around these townhomes and this like creek that wasn't. It was like a dirt path, and I'd walked it during the day, and I walked. There was some lighting. So I, I said, I'm gonna walk this this way back tonight. It's my last night here. Um, and the lights at first, then they started to diminish. And by the time I got further in on the path behind these houses, I also, I, I started to feel like a like I was some sort of creeper, like I was in people's backyards. And it's like this looked different during the day, but at night I don't feel like I should be here and I'm starting to have these doubts and there's a lot of darkness on the path and then all of a sudden I hear somebody say, I mean no harm. <laughs> and uh, the sound was not coming from like a, great way to a human height. The sound was coming from the skunk, ground. Skunk height. It was coming from skunk height yeah. in the darkness. Yeah, the talking skunk. I recoiled. Like, I, I didn't say anything. I went, <gasps> and I, like a Shaggy from Scooby Doo pose on like the DVD cover, like just kind of uh, like no harm. I put my left shoulder forward and like, oh, is it a skunk? And when I didn't say anything, and I still couldn't see anything, but it was a person squatting. And that person who meant no harm then said, "I'm just a woman." And I start to look and I squint my eyes, and I saw this like puddle and it was a woman squatting and peeing behind the townhome. I think she had left the bar or something. She had left, like they. she was on a walk with somebody, she had to pee really badly because she was like dressed to go out. Um, I mean from no what harm. I could tell. And she she had to she had to pee. And it's would you have seen her if she had said nothing? I would have walked 
right over her. Oh. And it, that would have really scared the crap out of me, slipping on a woman's pee. Well, what did you say? Uh, she said, I'm just a woman, and I, I was like, oh, it's okay. And then she stood up and she walked, she came towards me and then hung a hard left and like went back up through two townhomes. Did and she I, finish? I didn't ask her that, but I think she did. There was quite a puddle, hmm. a flowing puddle. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm just uh, gotta get. Uh, you could have done that's ci what I citizen's said. arrest for public urination. That I'm would've been cool. I mean no harm. I'm just a woman. Too late, woman. She, I was standing in the light. She could see me clearly and she could tell that I was absolutely terrified of this, This, I don't know, it could have been like a, a squatting bridge troll for all I knew. Right. You know, mm -hmm. changing, changing its voice. Just drooling. Lily had asked, he was like, you're not, you know, why don't you come by in the morning before you leave town? I'm like, no, 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 this is it. This, it that was before we said goodbye. She was trying to delay it. Hmm. And uh, like, no, 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 we have to, we gotta hold firm. It's like, we can't, we can't, we can't delay this. We can't have another goodbye one more day. We'll talk to you, but, and um, you know, just to reverse a little bit, when I was like crying and shaking before I saw the woman who peed and meant no harm, uh, I did, like after I had a good cry, I, I I texted Lily and she like responded and like we had a good exchange and it was I took a screenshot of it for my for my own memory to just be like oh, this was the first conversation we had where she's no longer my daughter. It's like I'd think dramatic things like that. Of course she's still my daughter. It's like what's wrong with you? You think dramatic things, really? <laughs> it really helped when like we had that text exchange and. Uh, the next morning we get up, we pack up our stuff, we've got a whole lot less crap, and uh, we we took the day leisurely driving back. Um, and now, having been a few weeks of her being off at school, it's like she's she's off to a really good start. She's she's made friends with her roommates. She's they've had fun together. She started her classes. It's it's so far so good, you know. I mean, she's she. I can tell she definitely has her doubts of like, did I make the right decision? Is this too far away? I, you know, I I don't have a car. I'm using public transportation. What is that? What is all? I'm figuring out so many things, and like, mm -hmm. it feels like I remember how it felt like we were close to home, and we came home every weekend. Stuff that we talked about, but still, it was like it feels like okay. Her future hangs in the balance depending on how this goes. And I'm not telling, I'm not being overdramatic to her. Again, I keep that to myself and just giving her encouragement, but I am encouraged that she's doing well when we FaceTime. She's smiling. She and she wants to FaceTime and she wants, but, and she still misses us, but it's, um, it's going good. But now we're trying to figure out, all right. How do we conduct our relationship and what does that look like? How much should I be texting? And Christy and I are talking, how much should we be reaching out and, and pushing for details and or letting her reach out to us? And there's this dance of figuring out uh, how how we conduct our relationship now, you know? Because there's there's some feeling that out and, and it also f setting some precedent mm -hmm. that like, okay, this is, we're gonna, we started a new text chain with the three of us and uh, I'll get mad if Christy texts texts her sometimes outside of the chain or vice versa, and it's like, oh, we want to be included in the conversation and um, figuring out. Okay, I don't know, 
I don't want to. I don't want to start asking a bunch of questions and make make her feel like I'm checking up on her. So I'm just going to send her a picture of the cat, and then if she responds, then I'll know that like she's in a position where maybe she can talk, and I'll see if she can FaceTime. And, or other times, it's I find myself. Chris and I were talking last night. Her bedroom in our house is like in the middle of the hallway, and so no matter where you go in the house, her that's the central point, and. So we always walk by it and the door's open and everything's fixed in her room and um, I just find myself, it's like, that's the reminder. It's like this constant reminder that, oh, she's she's not in that room anymore. You mean you're not immediately turning it into a gym? I mean, we were joking about what we were gonna turn the room into, but it it's just gonna be there for her to be the same when she comes home for Thanksgiving or Christmas break. But like, yeah, I found myself going by the room and just walking in there and standing, <laughs> you know, and uh, or checking on the litter box. Oh, that's why I'm in here. I'm in here to check on the cat's litter box, or if the dog took a shit in there, which he does. Yeah, Jasper's got. Yeah, he's got some issues. When you when when you were hanging out the other day, you came. I was gone for a while, and then you found me in Lily's room, cleaning up the dog shit that I had stepped on. Hmm and almost slipped to the floor. But yeah, it's just like, I don't know, it's making decisions like, well, I'm not gonna go and just stand in her room and just be sad. You know, I'm gonna have to channel that into something. Um, And then, but you know, I'm just, I'm, and I shared this in the Good Mythical More episode where I talked about our matching tattoos, but just the fact that when, when she is 18 and she's moving out of the house that we have a relationship where she wants to get a matching tattoo with me. It just, it, it, it meant so much. And we got so close over the pandemic, like late nights on the weekend when it was just like, I'm gonna hang out and watch stuff late at night and she's gonna stay up late making mac and cheese. And so that's when we connect and hey, I'm watching this. You want to come in here and watch watch this? Let's let's hang out. So like we over the pandemic, we really became friends. And I'm just you know, it's it's kind of the thing that I would that you hope will happen with your kids and I didn't realize how much that was my specific goal that to state it in terms of her leaving that when she goes when she moves out of the house I want our relationship relationship to be such that she wants to FaceTime. She wants to reconnect. We still have stuff that we're talking about that's not, it's the nature of the conversations is not just about, um, it's dad checking up on you and trying to get information out of you and details, you know? Mm-hmm. Or she calling me saying, I need money or I need this or I need that, you know, of course. We want her to be able to come to us when she needs stuff, but I still want her to want to have a connection. And it's a tremendous blessing of the pandemic that I think with her being so limited in who she could be with, the fact that we all found a way to enjoy each other and it really it really set us up and gives me hope that like it's not, you know, the goodbye was not, it's just a, it's a change of practices with our relationship, but it's not in any way the end of our relationship. 
that I would sometimes internalize and dramatize that way. So, you know, the when I go downstairs for a late night snack and usually she'd be in there and we'd be having a conversation, now it's like, well, I'm gonna get Lincoln out of his room and get him off of his video games and say, hey son, you gotta step it up because Lily's gone. You gotta be the friend that she was to me. Like, I've told him that and it, he's laughed, but like, yeah, it, it is an opportunity. I. I really think about the lesson learned for like with Lily to in a positive way to like create me and Lincoln's version of that over the next two years. But yeah, I go to the pantry and I'm like, there's Lily's cereal, the one that she said I couldn't have. So I'm like sending her a text and saying, do I have your permission to eat the rest of your strawberry honey bunches of oats? <laughs> and she's like, no. You gotta save it for when I come home and I'm like, and she's like, just kidding, you can have it. I'm like, I, I, I texted her a picture of the empty bowl and I'm like, too late, I already ate it. <laughs> you know, so it's just making, we're at a phase now where we're still trying to figure out how, how do we keep the relationship active and keep that, keep that bond going and being able to celebrate and give her give her the support and strength she needs to like keep looking forward and not not start looking back to us, you know. Yeah. But it's that's pretty much the experience I wanted to share. And I'm just I'm I'm grateful that it has been pretty heart-wrenching for me, you know, cuz it just says a lot about our relationship and uh but it's it's for the best and I believe in it. <laughs> you sound like you're dealing with it well. But it may not, and it may be totally different with the boys. Well, you know, and, that, what I've been thinking about as you've been uh, talking. And I'm not saying because they're boys, but um, but for all factors. I'm different than you. Locke is different than, than Lily. Our families are different in some ways. One of the things that I think every, me and Locke have in common, and, and Jesse also, like we, we're, we're very, we're very, we're always kind of thinking about the future. Like we're all, we're kind of always on the next page. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in, and a yeah. lot of times when people are on the next page, it's just like, why are you still, on, why are you still on this page? Because we're already in the next chapter, right? And so Locke has a tendency. I mean, if you go, if you think about the way that I tr treated college, I do think it had something to do with the fact that we went to school close. Sure, but. I've ventured to guess that if I had gone to school a state away, um, it wouldn't have been much different. Like the process of my parents dropping me off would have been like, I'm not saying my dad would have just shaken my hand like in an old 50s movie, but it would have been like the 90s version of that. Like, Well, we weren't friends with our parents. Yeah. I mean, it was that was not something that was a part of the equation. I mean, so and, but, and I know you have that. Yeah, so, well, I, I'm definitely, me and Locke are friends, uh, but he also, th he's so much like, well, there's a couple of dynamics. One, he's so much like me that we, like, like you talk about how during the pandemic, you and Lily got close, like during the pandemic, me and Locke being close to each other was actually a huge source of conflict. Like, he, you know him, he's got his own ideas about everything, and he is a challenger, he's an Enneagram 8. Yeah. Um, he does the whole going with the flow or being on like going with the being a part of the program and a part of the plan. It's like, but his nature is to figure out what the plan is and then depart from it. 
And that is a that can be a it's a difficult thing as a as a parent that we are kind of constantly battling each other, right? And so there's a lot of you know there's a lot of um, sort of tension uh, oftentimes in our communication. Yeah. The the good news is that we communicate very frequently about basically everything. So he's not like a lot of teenagers that are like. I've got all this stuff that I'm thinking about and doing that you don't have any idea about. It's like, we talk about everything. Um, but it's a lot of times it's it's an intent, there's an intensity to the conversation and not a, hey, we're just chilling. We're like having, yeah. we're working through something. So I think it's like finding the time to be like, how can we have some hang time, some intentional hang time to kind of lay the groundwork for that for the rest of your life. Yeah, and it what you're saying makes me think of how my the terms of how Lincoln and I interact and the bond that we have is different. And it's not fair and it, it I was joking and I I hope that I think that he knew that I was joking. I'm like, "Hey, you got to step up cuz Lily's leaving." Like I I actually don't know if he's like I think that dad like Lily was dad's favorite. Like I don't know we, I don't think it's to that point. Or that like I want you to then fill the hole that she's left, because the relationship with each child is is totally different. I mean, the stuff that Jesse was talking about two episodes ago about parenting, uh, yeah, it, that's ringing in my ears now. In terms of each each child is different, and so the nature of your relationship is is different. Of course, it is. That's how relationships work. It's interesting when you look at certain milestones in the future and you're like, especially for me, I'm like, I'd like for it to be this way. And then I need to acknowledge that, first of all, I'm not in charge of it and I don't, and I don't need to control things to make them the way that I want them to be. But there's, there's certain values that I want to build into our relationship so that there's some fundamental truths associated with our experience that are different than like me controlling the minutia of like curating an experience. So it's j just like a communication climate that, hey, we're like like what you're talking about. So it's, yeah, you're not, you absolutely know that you're not gonna replicate your experience, my experience with Lily with Locke and it's a good reminder that I'm not gonna do that with Lincoln either because it's just, that doesn't make sense, that's not how relationships work. Right. But as a parent, you do look forward to things like, and I, I, I think that for me, what I just went through with sending Lily off is, is gonna, is, was more emotional than if, if and when she gets married. Uh, I don't know, did I give that impression? Because I actually, I, I think, I, I could be wrong, but I think that's. I definitely think so, because the, tra the transition between right. leaving home and much more, Personal to you, and but it's not the one you. that. I mean, when you think about the father of the bride, and I, of course, I'm going to be emotional, but like, I just don't think it will be to the extent that I just, I just went through. Well, for the sake of the wedding guests, I hope not. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why? What's wrong with his shoulders? Good. Is he? Does he need to go to the ER? ER. Uh, he's got speech jammed. But as a parent looking for, I mean, I start to think about. Like, okay, when all the kids are out of the house, I want them to want to come back and go on a vacation. I wanna go on like a extended family vacation. I want them to be 
to bring their significant others back with them and hey, we're going we're going to do this together. Let's go. Well, to just the pay beach. for it and that'll take care of itself. <laughs> and so I visualize these things, but like, you know, ultimately it comes down to you want to cultivate a meaningful, active relationship, and then it takes two to tango. Yeah, you want to be a re- you- a resource for for her, um, because the nature of the communication with our kids, like you said, I mean, just simply by way by way of having a phone and being able to be yeah. in the more constant communication, the fact that we know, I, I can, it gets late, and I look at my phone to figure out where Locke is. Like, think about right how different of an experience that was from what we had. Like we we could have been and should have been dead many times, <laughs> you yep. know, when we were their age, the stuff that we did. Mostly at the bottom of a river. Yeah, and uh, but now it's just like, oh it's 12.30, Block's not home. Oh, I see, I see the street that he's on right now. Mm-hmm. I know whose house he's at. Let me, okay, you know, it's like. Uh, we don't have that on for Lily. At this point, she didn't want that, and it's like. Well, yeah, I mean, now that she's eighteen, I would like it, now yeah, that she's, she's 18, eighteen, but just the being able to be in that constant communication is something that now you have to think about. Like, okay, what part of this am I uh, am I doing for me, and what part am, yeah. I, am I doing for her? Because be- I think, yeah, because I think about that whole vacation example, and it starts to. I hear myself, and it kind of feels like, well, that's a nice dream. There's no guarantee of that, but it also kind of feels like an expectation that our kids' lives as they build their own lives are gonna still kind of revolve around our family unit and that's, that is, I think that's why it's emotional because I know that that's shifting and I know that I took my immediate family away from our extended family when we moved out here and that they just don't have the same connection that I hope to maintain with my kids. But that may mean me chasing them across the country because I know that their lives aren't gonna revolve around me as the, dad. It may mean the nature of your relationship or the the nature of how often you see them physically in the same space may change. I mean, one of the things that you, that you said earlier, you were like, you know, I made sure to not have this breakdown in front of her or I made sure to kind of keep those things from her. I mean, for better or worse, you have like, that is a, that's kind of, that's not happening. Your emotions and the way that you're processing it, Lily is 100% feeling that and interpreting that. Like everything that, every look on Christy's face, every change in the tone of voice, with both of you, your kids pick up on all that stuff. Sure, you can sure. have this illusion in your mind that you're keeping it from, and, it, and boundaries are important, but what I'm saying is that your kids, know everything that you're feeling and everything that you're thinking. And so it's more it's more about managing ma- managing it and no and like keep keeping yourself in check, but you don't begin to believe that like oh, she has no like she knows exactly how you're processing this. But I but it that doesn't mean you should do it in front of her. I, I right. agree with your decision. It could have been yeah. But you're, you're not, right. You're, you're right, not, but it would have been worse to, if like that moment that I was that, hugging yeah, it was like I didn't let go and I'm like I'm going to miss you so much. Yeah, 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 yeah. You want you don't you don't want to make it about yourself. <laughs> and so separating yourself in, in 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 but I'm saying that in terms of the emotional sort of quality that is is coming out and being yeah. put we we put all our shit onto our kids. Just like Jesse yeah. said, it's harm reduction at this point because everything that we think that we're keeping from them is actually seeping out. Um, 
That doesn't mean you don't set the boundaries. It's just, it's an awareness that like, oh, she's totally, she totally knows how difficult this this was. I mean, one of the things is like, you know, one of the things that I saw in so, in so many families throughout the, the, the pandemic is like uh, anxiety over COVID that parents had was transferred like an avalanche onto kids. Yeah. Even if you think you're keeping it from them. Right. You know what I'm saying? If you've got anxiety, if you were worried constantly about it, your kids inherited that and took that on. You know, it's just like that that's and we were with them so so regularly that you just can't you can't help it. You, so it's more about being like, okay, what have I unintentionally passed on to them? Like what emotional qualities have they picked up and how can I how can I minimize that and undo that as much as I possibly can before they go out into the world and put it on other people? Yeah, and now it's like, all right, she is out in the world. It definitely feels like, all right, but let's see what the next four years hold and like where she's really out in the world. It's like it, there is, there is, there. I can feel that there's another stage of like college world is not the real world. Uh, so. That kind of mitigates it too. And that's one of the great but things hey, about it. You know what we've done? We we've done a good job. That's what I tell Christy. It's like we we're far from perfect, and but we we've succeeded at minimizing harm by and projecting that uh, to the point where, like she's she's doing her thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm not worried about Lily. I'm not worried about her either. I'm worried about you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I had to get my own cereal. I couldn't use that excuse anymore. Well, this is Lily's cereal. I just happen to be eating it. You got um, a wreck? This is your wreck. I do. Um, I happen to listen to uh, an episode of Rain Wilson and Reza Aslan's podcast, Metaphysical Milkshake. Guest was Jason Isbell, my favorite uh -huh. contemporary artist. Um, who Somebody on Twitter did point out that I had been saying his last name Incorrectly by saying Isbell. Isbell. Incidentally, whenever he's a guest on anything, including Metaphysical Milkshake, like they said Isbell, but when he introduces himself, it is Isbell. So I'm going to respect Jason and start saying Isbell. Okay. Um, well, then call him Mr. Isbell. So Mr. Isbell is a guest on this podcast, uh, and the and the episode title was "Where Does Music Come From?" And man, I just every time I hear this dude talk, I have just my level of respect. And admiration goes up. Like his, I gotta listen to it. His, I saw your tweet and I, I responded to it. Yeah, you thought that I had been a part of the conversation. And I realized later that I did make it. I said, "Thanks for the conversation. Thanks for the insightful and delightful conversation." It was like, "Oh, not like was he on ear biscuits without saying, me?" Thanks for having an, an an insightful and delightful conversation. So yeah, um, and it's it's so interesting because they're talking about it and they kind of come from different places, right? You know, Rain and and Reza are kind of coming from. Uh, more, kind of more of a spiritual standpoint in talking about where this inspiration comes from. And and, and Jason is kind of like, well, that's not really my perspective, but the way they meet in the middle and kind of, hmm. um, and he actually literally talks about his songwriting process. Oh, cool. And then he demonstrates, Rain gets him to pick up a guitar and demonstrate how he begins to write a song. Oh, whoa, and I so gotta, it's I just, gotta hear it, it. It's, you know, it's just a cool. Your tweet like, didn't do it for me, but this is. This it's a. Uh, yeah, I just and his insight into the perception, like the like the way that certain kinds of music got to him in Alabama, and the way it kind of changed the way his his began to change his worldview. Like, hmm. really awesome conversation. So, metaphysical milkshake, 
episode, Where Does Music Come From with Jason Isbell. Highly All right. recommend it. Boy, we, we, we parented hard today. If you wanna hear more about us talking parenting stuff, we, we're doing live Facebook audio interviews with other dads like Terry Crews. That was an amazing conversation. So that lives on our uh, mythical Facebook page. Um, and so hashtag your biscuits, let us know what you think about this from, from whatever perspective you're coming from. Maybe that's parent, maybe that's otherwise. And remember, this coming Friday, big TikTok, hang with us on our mythical channel. It's, it's gonna be fun. You're gonna wanna be there. And then that's why we've already planned on next week's Ear Biscuit that we're gonna unpack that, that whole experience and a lot of TikTok stuff that we're thinking about. Yeah. Whether you like TikTok or not. We're gonna make we you, got you. We're gonna make you like TikTok. 